welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Peter Rocha, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. And with that, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Arbitral Insights. I'm Peter Rocha, Global Chair of the International Arbitration Practice here at Reed Smith, and I'm delighted to welcome Robin Aldenstam. Robin was appointed as the new chairperson of the Stockholm Chamber of Commerce Board in January of this year, 2022. And Robin heads up the International Arbitration Practice of Mannheimer Schwalling, based in Stockholm. Among previous positions held, Robin was appointed as the Swedish representative of the ICC, International Court of Arbitration, and was chairperson of the Swedish Arbitration Association, which is the leading association in arbitration in Sweden. I'm particularly delighted to be joined by Robin because I had the pleasure of crossing paths with Robin probably now about two decades ago, it must be about 20 years, on an arbitration when we were representing opposite sides. Uh, welcome, Robin. If I could start perhaps just by asking you a little bit about your background. I mean, how did you get into arbitration and really how did that evolve up until your appointment at the beginning of this year? Well, thank you, Peter, and thank you for having me on, on your podcast. I started my career in arbitration in 1997. At the time, I was clerking at the local district court in Gothenburg, was getting a bit fed up. Uh, uh, doing that. And then I was approached by Mannheim Swartling and they asked me if I wanted to become an associate in the firm's dispute resolution practice. I've done some internships with the firm previously, but now I joined full time. I ended up working very much for Klaus Lumblad, who was the leading partner in dispute resolution in the firm at the time. And Klaus became my mentor for the next five or six years until I myself became a partner in 2004. Class was, you know, very much ahead of his time. At the time, a lot of uh, lawyers were doing various works, not not solely concentrating on disputes, let alone arbitrations, but class was very much focused on this, very professional, uh, very much engaged in developing the firm's dispute resolution practice, as well as individual lawyers such as myself. And he also had a very international outlook. So it was a great pleasure working for him, and I, I learned a, a lot. You've taken on this new role at the beginning of this year. I mean, Pat, could you give us an overview of, of that role and what that will involve? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've only really encountered the SSC before as, as counsellor or arbitrator, not being part of the sort of inner workings of the institution. So I joined the board as its new chairperson on the 1st of January, as you said. My role as chair consists in, in chairing the, the board's monthly meetings. That is my, my primary role, dealing with the usual issues of uh, uh, prima facie jurisdiction, appointment and challenges of arbitrators and, and the like. I then also do uh, certain interim decisions, which cannot await formal board meetings. And I guess I'm also a, a general sort of sounding board for the secretary general Christine Campbell-Wilson, you know, as, as issues and questions pop up. I mean, what would you have in mind as your key objectives in the, let's say, the next three to five years? 
Well, I mean, the SSE has a very long history and a strong position in the market, especially in in the sort of east-west dispute with a a, a centre in in the Scandinavian countries. And I want to grow that even more. And I think that the, the focus for us will be, as it has been in the past, but perhaps even more so, will be the Eastern European countries, where I think the SSE has a, has a very strong brand uh, and a good reputation. And I think what we also want to do is to increase the the technical innovative side of the SEC, which I think is very much the future. Uh, as you may know, the SSE became the first, at least of the big institutions, to uh, introduce a digital platform for case management. So we'll want to develop that even further. Other innovative instruments that we believe uh, can help users, such as the SEC Express, that was you know recently introduced as well as as another tool in the toolbox for users. So uh, I want to very much to become engaged in the marketing of the institution and uh, in the development of its offering. Me, perhaps just a, a few more words on the SCC Express for our listeners. Absolutely. It's a new tool and essentially it means that parties can, for a fixed fee, uh, get an independent assessment, a, a legal assessment of you know one or a number of questions that are important for them uh, in order to resolve a dispute. So the idea is that a dispute evolves the parties want to see if by having an independent assessment, someone telling them that this is the way an arbitration panel will likely decide the case eventually, hopefully the party can then find a resolution themselves. So the the starting point is that you pay a fixed fee, you get a professional person independently to, to look at the matter. Uh, that person may, you know, of course, review documents, contracts, may even hear a few people uh, and then render his or her decision, which is, as a starting point, non-binding, because the idea is that the parties will themselves then use this uh, to resolve their dispute. But of course, the parties can also decide that it should be binding on them, and you know that that may well happen. It's very flexible. Uh, in fact, you don't even need to have an SEC clause in your contract. You you can simply you know just use this for whatever dispute you have, and we believe that. Since users are wanting to resolve their disputes more efficiently, more quickly, many disputes arise in an environment where the parties are in an ongoing relationship, so they may want to avoid uh, the more sort of aggressive way of resolving their disputes through a full uh, arbitration and, and first try other means. We believe that this can be a tool. But with all innovation, of course, only the future can tell. I mean, the SSE was one of the first, I think, along with the ICDR to introduce emergency arbitrator proceedings. And that is now some, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. At the time, many thought that this was perhaps only a marketing gimmick, but it has turned out to be a very useful tool. And of course, we're hoping that the SSE Express will turn out the same way. Okay, well, we'll have a rendezvous on a future podcast to learn how things are evolving. You mentioned the sort of SEC having a very strong brand in Eastern Europe. Two questions that come out of that. I mean, which particular geographies in Eastern Europe? And also, I mean, in terms of the spread across sectors or industries, are there any peculiar traits there? 
Well, I mean, I think the SSC is strong more or less throughout, but but particularly the, the CIS countries. But I think in, in all of Eastern Europe, there is a potential for, for the SEC. Uh, we see a lot of growth now in the Baltics. We also see a growth in, in many countries, not just Russia, which is sort of the place where, where the SSC used to be very strong and, and still is, is fairly strong. When it comes to areas, well, energy has always been a, a very important business sector. A lot of energy disputes do find their way to the SEC. So, you know, oil, gas, and then all, all construction work around energy uh, and the development of power plants and the like. We see a lot of disputes like that. Perhaps just a few words on the appointment mechanism for arbitrators at the SEC. Well, I mean, uh, the SSE don't have any sort of list of, of arbitrators. They leave it very much to the parties. Overall, I think the idea of the SEC is, is to have a very sort of light touch administration. So uh, the parties appoint different from the ICC where you merely nominate and then it's the, the court that actually appoints the at the SEC. You, you do appoint the, the co-arbitrators or the parties appoint them. And then there are several mechanisms to, to allow the parties uh, either through the co-arbitrator themselves to to find a chair or to uh, agree on a sole arbitrator if that is what the clause prescribes. But then ultimately, of course, if that doesn't happen, the SEC will appoint a sole arbitrator or, or a chair. And in doing so, uh, I mean, that's part of the work that we do in the board. We very much try to look at the case, see what the case is all about, where the parties are from, where counsel are from, what's the applicable law, and you sort of try to weigh all these factors together to come up with profiles that will be suitable. And then from there on, you, you try to identify persons that, that will be suitable. And the SSE always tries to come up with a list of at least three to make sure that this one is, is able and willing and free of conflict and can undertake the assignments. Great. And I know, um, like a number of institutions, that the SCC is also very conscious of diversity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I think the SEC had a, a new record. I, I don't think this is yet official, but I think it was a new record last year. And in the appointments that the SEC did, the, the number of female arbitrators uh, was higher than ever before. I don't have the exact number before me now, but it, it, it's a great achievement, I think, in, in working towards uh, ever more diversity. Yeah, no, that really is great. I'm going to ask you now to sort of take out your crystal ball and just look uh, look ahead. I mean, are there any key areas or regions where you think arbitration is really taking off or where you predict that there's going to be lots of movement in, in the coming years? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the world is getting more and more complex and with complexity comes uh, disputes. And, and, and I still think that arbitration is the the best way, ultimately, if you cannot uh, resolve things amicably, to, to resolve commercial disputes. Now, with regard to, to areas, I think still, uh, as I said before, energy and the combination with, with climate change, I think, will drive a lot of disputes. First of all, of course, you have the volatility in the energy market. We see you know, uh, oil prices, gas prices going up and down. All of that is likely to trigger disputes in ongoing contracts, uh, long-term contracts of various sorts. Uh, on top of that, of course, climate change drives the construction of new green initiatives like uh, wind farms and, and all sorts of other 
power generating facilities. And as we all know, construction work also has a tendency to, to generate disputes. So I do think that that is one area that will continue and perhaps even more contribute to, to the caseload at, at the SSC and, and other institutions around the world. Otherwise, I, I probably it's, it's fair to say that disputes will, will grow in, in, in Europe and, and, and in the US and other Western countries, but much more so in other areas of the world, not least Asia, where you see most of the growth going on and growth uh, in turn, of course, creates uh, disputes. So I think if one merely looks at you know the number and value of cases, I believe that it's likely that you'll see the biggest increases in other markets outside of Europe and perhaps even the Western world, particularly Asia. Um, I think I'm right in saying that you have the Swedish arbitration days coming up in, I think it's September of this year. Yes, that, that is right. It was moved uh, uh, yet again, one of those... Uh, <laughs> conferences that had to be moved several times because of the ongoing pandemic but now we're hoping to have it in in september uh, i'm not directly engaged i I'm, I'm on a panel and you know the the saa the swedish arbitration association that is the organizer of the swedish arbitration days is, is completely separate from the uh, stockholm chamber of commerce so i'm not part of the organization since i'm you know since many years no longer a chair of the saa but uh, I'm very much looking forward to it, and I, I think it there will be hopefully a, a a good turn up. I believe a lot of people are longing to see each other again. This, yeah. um, I mean, the arbitration community, as you well know, Peter, is made up of of individuals that very much like to engage with each other, both in academic discourse and in 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 debates and and in conferences. Uh, not only in in practical work, which is one of the great things I think with arbitration, different from many other areas of business law is that that we have this engagement and, and community you don't really see that in M&A work or finance work it's not the same no i totally agree with you and i will have the pleasure of attending the tel aviv arbitration days at ah. the middle of march and then of course there's paris arbitration week at the end of march uh, very beginning of april so that will be tremendous. I mean, moving on to sort of a, another topic and, and something that will be of interest, I think, to perhaps some of the, the younger listeners is, I mean, what advice would you give to the younger generation and those who are up and coming as counsel and or trying to get their foot in the door as, as arbitrators? Well, I think, first of all, you know, of course, you need, you need to analyse your position and see what, what you can do to, to enhance it. I mean, from, from my own experience, I... I started out at our Gothenburg office uh, working for Klaus Lundblad. Now, that gave me a perspective that was much wider than just, you know, Gothenburg. But I also realized that perception is not everything, but it, it does count for something. And I remember going to conferences in, in London and people asking me, oh, where are you from? And I said, oh, I work in Gothenburg. And then, you know, ice would roll over and, and people would, would lose a bit of interest because there was this perception that, if you're not from the, the capital, the main economic and legal hub of a country, you count less. It's not fair, uh, but it's a fact. So I essentially decided that I needed to professionally, uh, but not privately, relocate to Stockholm and grow my network there and grow my business there. And I think that, you know, that did certainly help me. So I think for young persons in arbitration, think about your network, think about your position and think about what you can creatively do 
to enhance it and, and to make people aware of yourself and, and your capabilities. Uh, I also think that taking initiatives and being a driving force is very helpful. I'm sure you've done the same, Peter, but you know, if you take the initiative to create a new organization, I was one of the founders for the you know below 40 in Sweden. If you take initiatives like that and you engage others around your own age, you know, at other, you know, perhaps big law firms, suddenly they become interested and they also become interested in helping you develop your project. And of course you you know, taking the initiative and, and organizing and, and driving all of this can put yourself at the forefront uh, without anyone really questioning that. So you, you can end up as, as chair. And that is a way of sort of building your career by, by creating these platforms where you give others an opportunity to grow as well. Then they see an interest in, in allowing you to grow and, and everyone ends up, you know, helping each other. So I think that that's one way, you know, to, to think about what can you do to create events, to create networks, organizations, whatever, and invite others. And by doing that, you can really sort of enhance uh, your own career. Otherwise, I think that one very important thing is to never lose sight of the importance of keeping your professional integrity and your sense of humor. That is what, you know, really makes you get up in the morning and feel that you find pleasure in your work. Absolutely. I endorse all of that. And we're coming, alas, to, to the end of this podcast. But I'm going to ask you one question. I saw in a previous interview that you'd been asked what your favorite restaurant is. So I'm going to ask you that question at the end, and, and um, we'll see whether or not that has changed. Well, I do believe getting that question a very long <laughs> time ago, and I think at the time I said it was a place called Ruby or something like that. I, I don't I don't actually recall, but I think that the restaurant in question is no longer uh, there. I, I think they've ceased. I mean, restaurants come and go. And the restaurant scene in Stockholm is, is, is very interesting. I, I like it very much. And I mean, like in, in many big cities, there are constantly new restaurants coming up. But I, I mean, I I like some of the classics, and I think one classic that is always worthwhile to visit if you are in Stockholm is the Opera Cellar, which used to be sort of the bastion uh, of Swedish cuisine back in the day, and it's still very much worth a, a visit in this sort of Versailles-like environment where they serve food of, of the greatest quality, and it's really uh, an experience. So for anyone in Stockholm who hasn't been to the opera cellar, it, it, it's not really a cellar. It's far from it. Okay. Uh, I don't know why it has that name, uh, but I would certainly recommend a visit to that restaurant. Okay. Well, on that top tip, I'd like to thank you very warmly on our behalf at Reed Smith for taking part in this podcast and for sharing. Thanks very much, Robin. Hope to see you soon. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me, Adam, and have a pleasant day. Thank you. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email arbitralinsights at reedsmith.com. To learn about the Reed Smith Arbitration Pricing Calculator, a first-of-its-kind mobile app that forecasts the cost of arbitration around the world, search Arbitration Pricing Calculator on reedsmith.com or download for free through the Apple and Google Play app stores. 
You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Readsmith.com, and our social media accounts at Readsmith LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.